Welcome, everyone, to Breaking Big Blue. I'm your host, Jordan Ron on ESPN, ESPN.com Giants reporter. We're here with the holiday episode. And what we're going to do is we're going to try to spread a little cheer. And believe it or not, I'm going to find a way to come up with five positives about the Giants for you, right? Because I don't want to sit here and spread any more of this negative energy that we all have. And look, I'm as guilty as everybody. We just dropped a story this week that was about the lost decade of New York football, where the Jets and Giants were on the front page of ESPN.com for most of the day on Tuesday and referred to as doormats. Doormats. That's where we're at. We're at the doormat phase of this uh, decade-long slog through irrelevance. Doormat phase. Giants lost to the Cowboys. They're averaging 11.8 points per game over the past five. 11.8. Can't function offensively. The line is bad. Quarterback play is bad. The weapons are bad. Grossly overrated them coming into the season. I'm as guilty as everybody. Kenny Galladay's been bad. Saquon Barkley's been bad. Kadarius Tony has given virtually nothing outside of two games. I wouldn't expect him to play this week either. But you want to read, uh, you know, some negative thoughts about the Giants, about how, the way they're run. You want to hear the truth, really, most for the most part, even though it's coming from some sour grapes. Ty Dunn on uh, Go Long TD has a two-part series out there where he just unveils all everything that is going on behind the scenes with the Giants and Dave Gettleman over the past couple of years now. Granted, it's mostly from uh, scorned ex-scouts, but uh, you know it does say something about where the organization is, how Dave Gettleman operated for the most part, basically calls him a bleep hole. A lot of these, uh, you know, sources are ex-scouts or people that are no longer, he got rid of from the organization. Uh, would have loved to hear his side of the story on some of this stuff. But hey, the bottom line is Dave Gettleman is now going to leave two places and he will have made a lot of enemies in both those places and leaving with people, you know, calling him bleep hole, essentially in both places, left and right. So. You kind of get the picture of who he is. And it's not something I'm going to say I didn't know some of these things. I think it's just there were people that come out and and say it. So anyway, we're going to go on a positive, in a positive direction here. I know it's hard. It's hard these days. Four and ten. It's hard. But we're going to go into a positive direction. I'm going to answer all your questions in a few minutes. We're going to get all, we're going to go all over the map. It's going to get fun. A lot of non-football questions. Going to make you laugh, hopefully. Uh, going to keep you entertained. And we're not for a few minutes going to sit here and bang our heads against the wall about Giants football. I'm going to give you a couple positives to start, right? Five Giants positives. It was hard, by the way, to come up with five positives that I see, that I look around and I see. But number one is Andrew Thomas. No particular order, by the way. Andrew Thomas playing well, spoke to Rob Sale this week, and uh, last week. And something he mentioned was that you know, Andrew Thomas was playing lights out at the beginning of the year. He's playing, you know, he's he's fighting now. He he hasn't been as good and he's a little bit up and down now, but he's fighting through slight injuries. Uh, he's listed on the, on the injury report again with an ankle. Remember, he missed time with an ankle and foot. So he's playing through some stuff. So, yeah, it limits him a little bit. But what we at least know is that Andrew Thomas is going to be a quality offensive tackle quality left tackle. Now, maybe he could develop into something more. By my count, he's given up two sacks this year. Greatly, greatly improved from last year. I think the number was eight or ten, somewhere in that range. Now, granted, he missed a bunch of games, but I think it was four. But two sacks, pretty good. He's been much better. 
So at least you feel like, okay, we have one position on the offensive line locked up. We have a left tackle if you're the, you're the Giants. that's they, they can say that and feel good about it. You know, Z's Ojolari, the second-round pick also from this year, also pretty good. Was he have uh, seven and a half, eight sacks, somewhere in that range? Not, hasn't been amazing, but he's flashed enough where you could feel confident that you have a pretty good player there. You don't get eight sacks usually when you're a nobody. Like, it's a pretty good sign as a rookie that this guy is going to be a solid player for them. Now, I don't know. I don't sit there and watch every game and just get blown away by him at all times and think he's going to be, uh, you know, a 15-sack guy and and this number one, but he certainly looks like he's at least a good number two edge rusher. So that's a positive, right? And as a whole, I'll say this about the Giants' defense. This is positive number three. I think the defense, which has been up and down at times this year, isn't that far away from being a good Defense, like you saw, they put together a good performance against the Cowboys. Another quality game plan. Uh, Patrick Graham doing his thing. The Giants were playing with cornerbacks that you you really never really heard of. Jaron Williams started for them opposite James Bradbury. You ever hear of Jaron Williams from Albany, the practice squad? They had to re-sign Sam Beal this week. Sam Beal, who, by the way, nobody else wanted. And the Giants are going to get him off the roster pretty soon once they get some bodies back. But that's the the situation they were in. And they, look, they held the Cowboys to what? 20 points? Now, I know the Cowboys offense is a little off, but 20 points. So they did it again. They, they, they've had their games. Now, the times when they get torn apart are when they play these really high-end quarterbacks. And they're able to just sit back there and sit back there all day and survey the field and, you know, sling the ball around. And some of the better quarterbacks are Justin Herberts, the uh, Tom Brady's, they've been able to do that against the Giants. But if this team could just add a high-end pass rusher, and remember, they're going to be slotted for two really high picks. Right now, picks five and six. Give this team a high-end pass rusher, and they hit on someone, hit big, on, finally hit big on somebody, an edge rusher, this defense is going to end up being pretty good. They need to hit on a high-end pass rusher, and this defense could be pretty good. Add a couple little, little more pass rush pieces here or there, and I'm, th- this defense isn't far off. They're really not. Xavier McKinney's a pretty good player on the back end. We've seen that through, throughout the season. Five interceptions, has good range, moves well. And you'd like to see that he has gotten better. Right? Last year was kind of a lost year for him. You saw little flashes. This year he started slow, got better as the year went along. I think that there's positives to take from that. And I really was stretching for a fifth because it was hard to come up with a fifth positive. It really was. So I was going either A with the how Joe Judge has cleaned up a lot of the problems that were going on with this organization behind the scenes since he got here in regards to streamlining the process, the people that are involved, the number of chefs in the kitchen on decisions, and you're making sure that, you know, they don't have guys who basically aren't bought in, aren't showing up, barely barely practicing. Now they're just all injured, but but I decided to go in a different direction. I went with Lorenzo Carter because he played his best game of the year. Best game of his Giants career, probably against the Cowboys. And so you just hope. Maybe you just have a little optimism that Lorenzo Carter, maybe it just it, it was going to take him time coming off the Achilles injury. Time. Tore his Achilles last year. It was going to take him some time to get back to full strength and to the player the Giants once thought he was going to be. Now, again, should we expect a double-digit sack guy? That doesn't seem realistic. He's never done it at any level. But maybe Lorenzo Carter could be a pretty solid player also, like a number two, three edge rusher. And for a while this year, it didn't look like they were even getting close to that. It looked like he was just going to be a total waste of a pick. So... Sunday provided a little hope, but 
that's enough about football for them, the real football stuff, because it's the holiday season. You want to laugh. You want to be entertained. We don't want to be brought down by the prospects of more Giants football. So with that being said, on to the next one. Feeling like you need a marketing degree and an extra day in your week to successfully market your small business? Let Constant Contact do the heavy lifting for you. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has powerful tools that make it easy to grow your audience, engage your customers, and sell more to boost your business. Now, in just a few clicks, you can launch a marketing campaign that's tailored to your business and goals. That includes email, social, SMS, and more. So you can sell more, raise more, and fast-track your business growth. Plus, you can always count on Constant Contact's award-winning customer support for guidance along the way. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. All right, let's get a little crazy here, right? It's that time where I answer all your deepest, darkest Giants questions in this week's Giants After Dark. This is the holiday version. So we asked, we said, go crazy with your questions, right? Don't bring us the normal. We don't want to sit here and talk about, is Joe Judge going to be back? Or, you know, oh, you know, when are they, what, who are they going to draft? Are they going to draft a quarterback? We, we have plenty of time for those questions. We do them all the time. So this week, we're going to go a little different. We opened the door. We said, whatever you got, bring it. So let's start with uh, NYG Tim. You asked the question you all want to know. Will the carpenter be joining me for this episode? And it's a good question, Tim. Because I offered, if Daniel Jones didn't play another game this year, it obviously meant the carpenter was right, and I was wrong on this one. Which, you know, I'll take the L for it. Like, there's, there's, no, there's no way around it. You got you to take the L. I said that the carpenter wasn't right and that it was that it was a, Daniel Jones was likely going to come back. And people around him and in the organization insisted to me that, he, they, they thought he was going to be back. And guess what? He's not. So the carpenter is undefeated. So I said, if I'm wrong, the carpenter gets to host this podcast. The problem is I searched high and low. I've driven around the tri-state area and I said, carpenter, where are you? Where do you live? Where do you hang? And what do you do? Aside from, you know, carpenter work. And I come up empty. I have not been able to locate the carpenter. But if I did, I'm pretty sure this episode would be the carpenter sticking out his chest and telling you he's the go-to for Giants information, which right now I'm going to say the carpenter's the man. So if you know him, if you know how to get in touch with him, let me know. I got to speak to the carpenter because we could maybe come to some working agreement here. Right. The carpenter who made a mistake and posted it on Twitter. Actually, the carpenter told somebody else who then posted it on Twitter. But anyway, the carpenter knows. So, you know, he'd be he'd serve the people well. So, carpenter, I'm here. You know, my number five, 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 five. Hit me up. Mike uh, Memis. Michael says, uh, if the Giants team had a hot dog eating contest, who would win? Now, you instantly start with the bigger guys, right? Because. Uh, Danny Shelton is a massive human being. And I was like, okay, in the way he's built, you know, he's on the shorter side, wider. I'm like, there won't be a big, I, I will have never seen a bigger guy than him in a uniform. 
Because he's just gigantic when you see him walk out on the field. All of a sudden, guess what? Isaiah Wilson comes along, so he's got to be in the equation, right? I could see Nick Gates being someone, even though he's not the biggest of guys, that can just absolutely pounce. I could definitely see Nick Gates being in that competition. So to me, those are the three guys. Dexter Lawrence, maybe. Like, I don't, I don't see, like, Leonard Williams is, uh, you know, he he's sort of like, uh, I don't even know how to describe him. He's the kind of guy, he's adventurous. He goes and he, he can live on the land and uh, eat tuna heads, bite off tuna heads. But I don't see him being the guy who's going to go there and pound hot dogs. So I'm, to me, it starts and begins and ends with Isaiah Wilson and Danny Shelton. And I'm going to say... <sighs> Danny Shelton would train a little bit harder than Isaiah Wilson would be able to win that competition. So next question, we got Joey Buckets three. He says, uh, will Mara needs to extend Gettleman to a 10 year contract and lock him up before another team steals him. Why hasn't he done it yet? Yeah. And at this pace, you could almost see that kind of move happening for the giants, right? This is kind of how they've been operating late operating lately. I mean, they rushed to Dave Gettleman when there was no other team. That was going to go after Dave Gettleman, right? Literally, Dave Gettleman was not going to get another general manager job. I think that was pretty clear. But no, the Giants quickly maneuvered, held a fraudulent general manager competition. They interviewed Kevin Abrams, who's now been interviewed each of the last two times. Gettleman, Mark Ross, who they then fired rather quickly, Gettleman did, and Louis Riddick. And guess what? The Giants stacked the field. They found somebody who's willing to roll back with Eli. And guess what? Dave Gettleman was hired. So, hey, 10 years. He's got another 10 more years. Why not? They already gave him four. He got four to mess it up. We knew this was over two years ago. They didn't align the head coach and the general manager at that point. So, hey, might as well keep it rolling. Mark Zanetto7 says, who did you blackmail to get a job you clearly aren't qualified to do? You know, I get these kind of things a lot. And I get it. You know, I say things you don't agree with, you don't like, and you say, I suck at my job. Fair. You know, everyone's entitled to their opinion. That's the beauty of it all. So we can have different opinions on stuff. Now, you think I didn't deserve this job? Guess what? You're right. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, I always tell people, though, for real, that uh, I lucked into this job. You know, how'd you get this job? I got lucky. And maybe, you know, I'm sure there was a lot of luck involved in it. And there really is. I mean, I worked my butt off and I think I could, I'm pretty good at what I do. There's obviously enough people out there that think I'm pretty good at what I do. Enough where I got to this point in my career. And even if I'm not, guess what, buddy? I'm going to ride it until it's, until it's over. Why not? Lucky me. Uh, but I also, I always say this, like I'm totally just blessed to have this job. So lucky. So lucky. And it's true. Like anything in life, like anyone who wins a Super Bowl, you got to you got to have a ton of luck. And I got I had a ton of luck, too. Pure Genius One, that's with a J, says, would the Giants ever consider bring back Parcells or Coughlin in an advisory leadership role to help fix this mess? I mean, come on. I don't mean to be rude, Pure Genius, but come on. I hear this all the time. I was on a plane recently and the guy behind me was like, well, why don't we bring in Tom Coughlin to be our general manager? Come on. It's over for those guys. They've been out of the game. The game has passed them by. It's fine. They were great at what they did when they did it. But 
It's enough with going back in the past. This is actually part of the Giants' problem of always trying to recreate the past. What are they going to do? Bring back Ernie Accorsi to do another bogus general manager search? I mean, the game has changed. As somebody told me the other day, the new age general manager is, is more of like a business CEO, understands the game, how to deal with people, oversees everything, and also has done scouting. It's not the old school where there's a scout who goes and you hire the scout who does all the personnel and he's the GM. No, it's a bigger job than that now. You're basically the CEO of a professional football team. That's why Dave Gettleman isn't a fit anymore. Aside from that, he's not technologically advanced and uh, is still, you know, calls himself a dinosaur at times. You know, you have to deal with people. He's not, he doesn't deal with people well enough. Like, that's a huge part of the job. And that's not a knock against Parcells and Coughlin because they obviously had to deal with people well enough where they led 53 men to more even to a Super Bowl. But we just saw with Tom Coughlin, he he was in a, a leadership role in Jacksonville. How'd that go? How'd that go? So it's time to move on if you're the Giants and you're Giants fans. Alan Backman emailed, emailed me. This is a more of a real football question. I'm, I'm going to get to it because he emailed, had took the time to email me this long basically conspiracy theory. I'm wondering if the decision to put Jones on ice isn't precautionary. It's strategy. If you're a judge, you know that Mara likes you, but you also know the performance is putrid. It isn't likely to get better this year. And if you, everyone was healthy. So you basically trying to buy yourself a mulligan, right? And you get it. So you get, you get the point. So he's got this diabolical uh, plan, conspiracy theory to sort of get himself to judge to get another year. And and quite frankly, I just don't see it that way. If Joe Judge really wanted to get another year, his best chance is to have his quarterback on the field, not be uh, have Mike Glennon out there thrown to the other team like they have for a couple weeks. So trust me, Joe Judge wants Daniel Jones to be on the field. He thought he was going to be on the field, just like a lot of people in the Giants organization did at some point at the end of this year, and it, it didn't happen. And they... I think someone else asked me, it might even be one of these other questions, why did Colt McCoy not end up returning? And that was a money thing. Turned out turned out to be a money thing. Colt McCoy wanted more money. The Giants were like, ah, we could just get cheap quarterback. We don't need more money. Let's just, you know, get whatever we can for basically minimum. And it was Mike Lennon, and now they're paying for that. Russ, Rust Shift, the green man, says, will next year's fan appreciation day be shaved ice in your hand. I, I kind of botched that, but a handful of shaved ice. Uh, yeah, that would be uh, a real uh, downer if that's uh, the way you went. I mean, uh, but uh, hey, you know, medium soda made for a good joke. We've all heard it at this point. But I will say this. Poor Giants marketing. Like, right. I mean, what can they do at this point to make people happy? Right. There's not much you can do, even if it was a large soda. You think that would have really appeased people? So they were kind of in a no-win situation. Now, granted, the medium soda, one per PSL, it was very, very poorly conceived. But that's a tough job these people are doing these days. Because you guys, the fans, and even me in general, for the most part, because they've been terrible, are out for blood. I mean, what else are you going to do? It's been a bad organization and a bad organization for a long time. So. Uh, we got a teach moment says, is Rooney Mara involved in personnel decisions? Yeah, it's a fair question. 
There's a lot of Maras involved in personnel. So why not Rooney? She's got the Rooney blood, the Mara blood. It's a lot of football in there. Maybe Joaquin Phoenix knows something about football. Who knows? By the way, I had no idea. Rooney Mara, who's done some good things in her career in regards to uh, acting, was uh, you know married or at least her partner is uh, Joaquin Phoenix. I had no idea until that question came up and then I Google searched her. But uh, yeah, maybe. Hey, Rooney Mara and Joaquin Phoenix couldn't do much worse building the Giants the past four years than Dave Gettleman. So, you know, maybe they can get her involved, but I don't think she is. I don't think she is. The two main involved Maras, aside from John, who's obviously overseeing and running the team, basically serving as the owner, is Chris, who, as I mentioned recently, I don't think is quite as involved as people think anymore, uh, or doesn't quite have quite as much say, but still, he's ownership. He's an owner who's giving advice on personnel. So when he does, it obviously holds more clout when it's Joe, than Joe Schmo. And Tim McDonald as well, who's uh, John and Chris's nephew, who's uh, moving up the ladder in personnel. But hey, they own the team. You're not going to stop that. Uh, next question, NYG Daily, buddy of mine, says, are you invited to Dave Gettleman's retirement party? Yeah. Uh, I think that's pretty clear, that if we made a list of people in the Giants organization, around the Giants organization, uh, that cover the Giants, national and local. And we made a list. Let's say there's 100 people on the list. I think I would probably come in deep into the 90s on who gets an invite. Like maybe 99, 98. Maybe there's one or two people out there that Dave Gettleman holds in less regard than me. Like maybe Steve Smith. Right, the former wide receiver of the Panthers, he's in the media. Maybe if we include him, you know, maybe he's 100 and I'm 99 of getting an invite to that Dave Gettleman one. It's pretty clear we do not have the best relationship. I mean, I don't think you have to look too far. Go watch some of these press conferences. Jot it, jot it, jot it, jot it, jot it. You know, what else do you say? Do you think I do this for a hobby? Hobby. I do this for a hobby. Yeah. The second I start asking questions, you could see his blood start to boil. And then he cuts it off and he 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 doesn't even let me really get to the question and answer something else and starts getting on the defensive. So I'm pretty sure I am not going to get that invite. We'll follow it up here. We'll end it here with a question from Tashara CTB. As a media member covering a professional sports team, would you rather see them fail? Or succeed? And uh, it's an interesting question. I think I've actually probably answered it here before. But there's a few ways to look at it. Okay. And I think the answer ultimately, by the way, is succeed. Because it's fun to cover a team that's having success. There's a lot of good stories you can then uncover. And you know that, you're, that people want to read and are willing to tell about guys that they like. And that they see, you know, they can get behind. See, when things start to go really bad. Yeah, it's good for traffic. It's good for headlines. It's good for the disaster news. You know, the, all the Ty Dunn stuff that he, he unearthed about Dave Gettleman, most of which is at least partly true to some degree, right? It's one man's story. There's obviously another side of the story. And the truth is probably somewhere, as I always say, likely in the middle. But yeah, you know, the, he's receiving the side of the uh, spurned former employees who obviously aren't happy and don't love what Gabe, Dave Gettleman ha- is or has done. So you know, when they lose and it's everything, you know, the poop is hitting the fan, all of a sudden 
they're relevant, but it's very short, temporary relevance, right? You're interested in the, in the car crash for a minute. You want to see it, and then you want to keep driving, right? That's kind of how it is when you're covering a bad team. And me, as someone who works for ESPN, trust me, we talk about the Giants way, 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 way less on television because they stink. I mean, go look at how often we're talking Giants these days on ESPN. The answer is not often. Not often. Even when things are just going terribly. So being good and relevant, A, brings you better stories. It's more fun. It's easier to talk. guys. Nobody wants to go in the locker room and talk to guys after they just got their head smashed, lost by 30. I mean, it's miserable in there. Guys don't want to talk. You have to like almost operate and talk to them in a different way, in a different tone. Like you're asking them, hey, why did you suck today, right? You can't say that. You can't go in there and say, hey, what do you have to say about sucking, right? So, yes, you'd much rather them succeed than fail. Uh, Especially also, remember, these are human beings. So you have personal relationships with them, with some of these guys. Now, less and less than previously in the past, the divide between the media and the fans becoming bigger. There's no locker room, so we don't get to go in there every day. Press conferences are more of like uh, group press conferences and near a podium. You get guys on the side. It's just not the same. So you're not quite able to develop the same relationships. But still, you have relationships with some of these people. Do you want people you know and respect to fail? You don't want to see people you like and respect fail continuously, too. I mean, that's hard. That's hard to sit there and stomach. That's just human nature, right? If you have, if you, if you're not a robot and have any feelings. You don't want to see people you like fail and be demoralized and be killed and crushed, you know, publicly. You you see what happens when when these guys fail in a big spot. And you 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 could you I, I get a sense of it of what it's like to be uh famous, quote unquote, on social, right? Where you have a bunch of followers and people, you know, like to comment at you. And I get negative stuff all the time. When these guys do poorly, I mean they're just an influx of ridiculous. I mean, Graham Gano, who's been the Giants' best player, posted a message about himself, but and someone just saying something ridiculous. Graham Gano, he's literally been the Giants' best player. So yes, the answer. I said a lot of words there. The answer, quite frankly, is you want to see them be successful. You'd rather them be successful than fail. And with that, that's the end of this uh, segment of Giants After Dark. We'll get to another one in the new year. Hope you enjoyed it and ha- hope we made that one a little more fun than usual. Steered mostly away from the football side of things. On to the next one. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. All right, we're going to wrap up here. I'm not even really going to give you Jordan on a beat this week. It's uh, Christmas week, the holidays. Uh, New Year's is around the corner. New Year's Day, we actually have to fly to Chicago because the Giants play that following day. So uh, that's what's on the docket. I don't even really have a good story for you. Basically, we're in throw in the towel mode, right? Throw in the towel mode here. It's the holidays. Everyone's got stuff to do. Nobody wants to hear my stupid story about what it's like to be a Giants reporter, work for ESPN, or cover the NFL. And also, we're uh, this this podcast was long enough already. So, I'll spare you the extra story. We'll save it for the future, and we'll get back to slamming the Giants in the next episode like we always do. So, let's go. Everybody, have a Merry Christmas. I should be back here. Before New Year's, but who knows? Next week will probably be a crazy week. Uh, but we'll uh, do our best to come back next week. And uh, you know, I have, I have some good guests. I almost brought on Ty Dunn to talk about his story, but I just didn't want to go down that rabbit hole on Christmas week. Everyone's trying to be merry and happy and really go into the details of all that's wrong deep inside the Giants organization. So we're steered away from it for this. Maybe next week. Maybe. Or maybe something else will come up. Stay tuned. I'm your host, Jordan Ronan. Like, subscribe, tell your friends. Reach out to me, Facebook, Twitter, email, Instagram, TikTok. You know where to find me. I'm Jordan Ronan. You're listening to Breaking Big Blue. See you next time.